Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select game Gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producers, Paul Mission Control Deccant and Alexis, nicknamed TVD Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, the newest installment in our continuing weekly listener mail segment. We are recording this on Wednesday, July 22nd. As we always say, uh, since day one, you, specifically you, are the most important part of the show. And this is when we, in our way, pass the microphone to you. My compatriots and I have each selected some piece of correspondence, uh, and we wanted to share it with each other and, again, more importantly, share it with you. So what do you think, gents? Who's up first? Oh, I'll take this one. Just another shout out to everyone who has been calling. We've been hearing your messages. We are a little behind, but we're catching up quickly with these episodes coming out now. So be prepared for us to hear your message and to get a call back maybe, or to hear yourself on one of these episodes, like our first contributor, Red. Hey guys, this is Red from Scott. I think I've got something for you today. Look up the name Ronald Patsy. H-A-B-L-E-Y-S-A-R-K. I think you might find an interesting biography for him. That's a very good luck. So, that was a bit hard to hear. What we could make out was that this person who left us a message, his name was Red, and I couldn't quite make out the name of the person that he is telling us to look up but just through a little bit of searching and incorrectly spelling this person's name, we stumbled upon Ronald Hadley Stark, a very, very fascinating individual, if I say so myself. 
This person also is known as John Clarence Dillon, also known as Terence William Abbott, and he also went by numerous other names of varying origins, at least the names were of varying origins throughout his life. And this person appears, at least on the surface, to have been functioning as some kind of operative for one or more intelligence agencies. Now, like anyone who is an agent or someone working for an intelligence agency, they're not going to be, you know, on the news a whole lot, probably. So you're not going to find a whole bunch of links about this individual giving interviews, talking about what they're doing, their biography, their background, or anything like that. But there have been numerous publications over the years discussing this person, Ronald Stark, We'll just call him Stark. I like that a lot. Uh, Agent Stark. <laughs> Whatever we, I honestly don't even know the capacity at which he was functioning and exactly which agencies he was working for. But we do know just through some FBI documentation that he was working with the CIA at some point. And he was functioning both internationally and within the United States. It's very, very interesting stuff. If you go to archive.org, slash details, slash Ronald Hadley Stark, that's R-O-N-A-L-D-H-A-D-L-E-Y-S-T-A-R-K, you will be able to find several FBI documents of background information on this guy. A lot of it has to do with the FBI itself looking into Ronald Hadley because he's had run-ins with another agent, generally of the FBI, one uh, run-in or another, and it is really interesting. He was charged with a whole bunch of different crimes, according to this. A lot of it had to do with passport forgery and illegally obtaining passports. But his big contribution, let's say, to national discourse and to, some would say, the changing of the United States in general, was his interaction with a group called the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, uh, it's been described in several places, including on brainsturbator.com, which is essentially a blog is what it appears to be. Uh, but on this blog and through the research that this writer has done, the Brotherhood of Eternal Love is described as a, quote, hippie mafia drug syndicate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this whole thing, by the way, is something that we're going to need to do a whole episode on. But within this brainsturbator, which is a fun thing to say, uh, article, it really chronicles this guy, Ronald Hadley Stark, and how he essentially was bringing liquid LSD as a supplier into several different major cultural groups that were really working in the 1960s, especially in the West. This guy has been written about in numerous books where they talk about how he was, oh, he always seemed to be there. He seemed to be supplying a lot of the LSD and nobody really knew too much about him. But anyway, I just want to point this to you guys, Ben and Noel. Uh, have you guys ever heard of this person? Have you read anything about him? Yes. Yes, actually. For intrepid uh, intrepid compatriots, or would-be compatriots of the so-called hippie mafia, you can go to druglibrary.net and read the entire book of the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. You know, what's interesting, Matt, I love that you pointed out the arrest here, because it's really strange, right? Working for a gang like the CIA usually, or theoretically, comes with side benefits. One of those side benefits is being at least for some time or to some degree above the law. Uh, but to your point, you know, I think it was back in 1973 when Hadley and uh, a couple of other people were either arrested or indicted, including uh, Owsley, who everybody else, you know, is like maybe a little more common person in the story of LSD and the government and the Merry Pranksters. It's interesting to me because this guy is... I agree we should do a full episode on it. This guy, by which I mean uh, Stark, Agent Stark as you call him, he is a great example of how the intelligence apparatus used an asset, burned the asset, and then sort of threw them under the counterculture bus. You know what I mean? Uh, he was moving weight. King of LSD was not by any means, at least from what I understand, an ironic 
a nickname, like Little John or something. He was called the King of LSD because he moved the most LSD. Uh, you'll see allegations that he produced, what, 25 kilos of LSD-25, and that in some way the stuff that he was making was going international, like not just in the U.S., I don't know what your research found there, but um, I 100% agree. This would be a great uh, sequel to our earlier episode on how U.S. government kind of created counterculture in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Just talking about the international angle here. So in 1975, there, uh, there was an arrest of a man named Terence W. Abbott. At least that's what his passport said. It was a British passport. It was genuine. Uh, It has a number that I'm not going to say right here that was issued two years prior, so 1973. And when this person, Terence W. Abbott, was arrested, he was found in possession of 4,600 kilos, that's combined, of marijuana, morphine, and cocaine. Um... A whole lot. And it was later discovered that this guy, Mr. Abbott, was in fact Ronald Stark. And he somehow had access to this British passport with a different name that certainly reads as intelligence or, you know, somebody taking part in some serious uh, felony passport action there, especially since it was a legit number, passport number. And the really interesting thing here where, again, this is just kind of taking it briefly dipping your toe into the rabbit hole, the British intelligence agencies would not cooperate and release the information they had on this guy or either of these guys with their different names, right? It's fascinating. Oh, also, even the FBI, who did have files, some files of which you can read, like I just mentioned, you can read some of them, uh, the FBI would not share their files with the DEA who were doing the investigation into this arrest with all of these drugs really really interesting and the last thing here just is that the the state department the u.s state department they were actually interfering they were not allowing this guy to be extradited at varying points within his career of essentially creating and selling and distributing drugs really really weird stuff man yeah, there's an interesting quote in this blog post that pulls from a couple of books, one of which is uh, David Black's book, Acid, A Secret History of LSD, um, that says of uh, this gentleman, quote, he had a mission, he explained, to use LSD in order to facilitate the overthrow of the political systems of both the capitalist West and the communist East by in- inducing altered states of consciousness in millions of people. Stark did not hide the fact that he was well-connected in the world of covert politics. Whoa. Apparently he had jobs or was doing work at least in Europe, in America, in Africa, some in Asia. I don't know. Somebody like this with that much concealment going on and assistance from various intelligence agencies. I want to know more about this guy. And it appears that we can find it if we dig deep enough. But it's definitely things where he's been written about. And some of it feels, at least from what I'm reading here, some of it does feel... I almost want to say crime folklore, maybe, or, uh, you know, intelligence folklore. I don't know if that's true or not. I think it just maybe has that feeling to it because a lot of the things that are written about him seem so out there to me. Like this one person could be involved in all of these varying different things and still be a ghost to a large extent. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, too. And I was looking for stuff on him like most of the things are on like fish message boards or uh, other like counterculture you know discussion forums Uh, i did find an article from the new york times that's like an archived article from 1973 the headline is king of lsd and and seven are indicted by u.s in drug ring case and it's talking about the federal grand jury here said yesterday that LSD plants were operated here in Windsor, California, St. Louis and Fenton, Missouri and in Belgium. Among those indicted was Augustus Owsley Stanley, 37 year old of San Rafael, California. And that's the king of LSD we're talking about. And very kind of quietly at the bottom, it lists the uh, co-conspirators. Uh, David Lee Mantels, 33, whereabouts unknown. Lester Friedman, 44, a Cleveland chemistry professor. Ronald Hadley Stark, 35, of New York. Michael B. Randall, 29, address unknown. And Charles Druce of London. 
So um, as far as like journalism, that's sort of what I what I found. It's very interesting. You're right about the kind of mythic uh, <laughs> reputation of this guy. Long story short, it's going to take uh, a lot more time and research to get a full picture here. But thank you so much, Red, for writing in about this person. I think we're all down to learn more. So maybe we'll be getting back to you soon with more information. Totally. And for now, let's take a quick word from our sponsor and come back with another message. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us fast for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit facet.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. And we're back. Okay, boys, who's up next? Uh, I could go. Uh, The message that I pulled comes from Rob, and he is a long-haul truck driver and has some things to say about the type of data that uh, his employers are able to get from his vehicle and some questions about the future of this kind of tracking. I'll make this fast. I'm a truck driver. The ways that my company can track what I do and what other companies can track other trucks is amazing. They can see my speed my braking, my G's, how close I get to other vehicles, how often I'm in my lane, what's in my trailer, and there's so much more. Name's Rob. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. It's true, uh, and I, I think this is really interesting. Kind of going to use this as a piggyback to talk about something a little bit different, but uh, these systems are called teleinformatic systems that utilize things like GPS navigation, the kinds of onboard diagnostic systems that you know we know about that have been kind of replacing more mechanical systems in cars for many, many years now. Uh, ben, we had talked a little bit off air about how kind of mind-blowing the advancement, the rapid advancement of this technology is from you and your car stuff days. Yeah, that's correct. It is a technology that is a no-brainer for large commercial fleets. 
It will uh, increasingly be found in new cars. It'll probably start off uh, the same way Sesame Credit started off in China. It'll start off as an opt-in service, uh, but then people will be incentivized to accept it uh, probably by lower insurance premiums. That's happening now with civilian vehicles. And then ultimately, it'll be some kind of legislation, which means it cannot be opted out of. That'll be with the rise of infrastructure for autonomous vehicles. Uh, Rob, you're absolutely right. One thing I think we should emphasize there is the degree of sophistication and accuracy in these systems. Uh, It makes it tougher and tougher to make a living in the trucking industry, which is simultaneously incredibly important to the modern world and uh, incredibly dismissed by people in power. Oh, for sure. And you know, in our episode we did on GPS tracking, we talked about this quite a bit, where it doesn't have to be, you know, the fleet owner, right, that's tracking your stuff at the vehicle level. That kind of tracking can be occurring externally to your vehicle and looking at things on the outside of your vehicle. And it doesn't have to actually be making any kind of digital contact with anything inside your vehicle. That's right. And that brings me to, um, in thinking about this, how the kind of nature of surveillance in vehicles. I found an article that came out just today on Slate by uh, Hannah Klein. The headline is, Customs and Border Protection Can Track Cars Nationwide Via Commercial Database. I had asked a question of you guys off air. I've gotten tickets before where it was very clear that my license plate was in no way viewable by the officer that pulled me over, uh, you know, for something like an expired tag, you know, that, that I would think would need to be a visually confirmed thing. But then you think that tag sticker is so tiny. How could they possibly, especially if they're on the side of the road? And I questioned like, so are there some kind of like RFID chips in our license plates. And Matt mentioned this, the idea of license plate scanners. And that's exactly what this is. The uh, CPB, actually partnered with a commercial license plate database um, so they can actually track like historical data about cars across the United States without a warrant. The CPB even updated its uh, privacy impact assessment, which, you know, makes it clear that they are using these commercially owned cameras and license plate readers and have been doing so since 2017. But with this new uh, information, it really broadens the scope of it pretty significantly. And we know about this from the the article because in 2019, there was a deal between the CPB and a company called Vigilant Solutions, which is one of these databases that was publicly listed as law enforcement archival reporting. Law enforcement archival reporting is actually the name of a product that Vigilant makes. So uh, they're talking about something upwards of 9 billion scans that they own and that now um, the Customs and Border Protection Agency can access. It was actually successfully used in a drug case not long ago, tracking the movement of a heroin dealer uh, to and from a pickup and drop-off location. So it's certainly something we're going to see more of being used to kind of sidestep warrants. And it's really hard to opt out of because you would really essentially just have to like steer clear of areas where these cameras are. We don't know where these cameras are. So there's really no way to do that effectively, right? What do you guys think about this? Yeah, it's certainly disturbing. I think it is all too frequent and it's just something, you know, you'd want it to be there if there was a, you know, a criminal of some sort that had harmed you or your family, right? You'd want that to be there. But at the same time, everywhere you go, it is potentially being tracked in like seven different active ways at all times. It's just another one of those things that signals that we are done with privacy. We're just over it. Sorry. We talk about that on this show all the time. Just another signal of it. And just to double back and clarify that case I was talking about was in Massachusetts in April of this year. Uh, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court actually gave the go ahead to use license plate readers to track this heroin deal that I was talking about. To go back to what you had mentioned earlier, Matt, we have a pretty pretty good introductory dive into this on Big Brother on the Road, car and GPS tracking. Uh, but to your point, Noel, uh, the, this is developing technology. It is inevitable, barring some intense cataclysmic series of events that drives technology back to an earlier age, 
it just makes sense to have this tracking capability. And you have to argue that uh, it's indeed necessary for autonomous vehicles. For anybody who wants more on that detail, like, you know, Rob, what's interesting about your call, and I really appreciate your time here, is that in some ways you are a non-consensual guinea pig for what will become a larger program. Again, just like so many other social pushes, right? And I would be interested in hearing from more of our fellow listeners in the trucking industry. Do you think this is on balance a good thing? Uh, Do you think this is on balance a scary thing? Why or why not? Because the big problem we're looking at some some pretty scary checkers problems, right? And some pretty scary, I would say, early chess problems. But one thing looming on the horizon, the rough beast slouching toward Bethlehem to be born here, is the idea of those systems being compromised and hacked and what you could do with that, especially if it becomes a mandate for all civilian vehicles, which could, you know, not to be doom and gloom, but could probably happen in our lifetime. That's my take. Yeah, nobody nobody wants to be tracked, especially if it's based on, you know, your political, religious belief, your nationality, whatever it is, whatever the thing that it is that you have. Nobody wants to be tracked because of that, because someone in power decides that whatever you are is bad, right? That's one of the major things we've talked about with a lot of topics on this show. And anytime there's a technology like this that is so powerful that has the potential to be misused either by a controlling party, you know, that is the the ones who are actually using the thing or a third party that is just like Ben said, hacking or making use of it through force. It's a, it's a scary thought. It freaks me out. The argument, I guess, could be made that it's, you know, it's all for the greater good. It's like for our safety. It's it could technically prevent crime. So it falls into that realm of pre-crime of surveilling people in advance of anyone having done anything wrong. And, uh, you know, there's sort of like a blue sky utopian version that like that sounds nice. But it's that slippery slope argument where then it becomes, you know, we're basically living in a in a surveillance state. and, And that doesn't seem so nice. Depending on what kind of car you drive or, you know, the nature of your work, if you work with vehicles, uh, keep in mind that right now it's not science fiction. Your car could be remotely shut off. It can happen. We talk about it again in that earlier episode. Just a thing to point out here that we've mentioned several times, Ben, I think you said it and said it best, but the concept that any tool that's developed has the potential to become a weapon depending on who wields it. Something to that effect. That feels like a quote from a scholar, but I'm pretty sure you said that, Ben. I'm sure somebody else wrote it better and said it earlier, uh, just in the in the nature of things. But yeah, things to watch out for. I mean, the U.S. is still very much a car culture. Many places in the world are. And right now, despite all the um, various ideas and things on the figurative drawing board, the U.S. and a huge portion of the world relies on Uh, the trucking industry, to get things from one place or another. So be more appreciative to truckers if you see them on the road. I don't want to get all car stuff, Noel. I know that's not the point of this one. But but don't drive like a jerk around people driving in tractor trailers. Imagine what a harrowing experience that is to have to be on interstates with a tractor trailer and then have people, you know, tailgating you or trying to get right in front where you can't see them. Drive safe. Well, with that, uh, I think we can take another quick break and then be back with another listener mail. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do. Enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com. F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth is an SEC registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current Facet members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. And we're back. We're going to switch this up a little bit. Uh, we have an email that comes to us from someone who did identify themselves by their real name, but they gave us an alias that I believe uh, you all will enjoy. Agent Veggie Burger, Agent Veggie Burger, you wrote in to say, uh, I wanted to shoot you a quick email with a few potential topics for future episodes that may be worth looking into. I don't mind this being read aloud on the air at all. Awesome. Thank you, as always, for verifying that with us. So, Agent Veggie Burger, you gave us two really strong topics that we hadn't examined before. And I want to see if these would be worth a full episode in the future. So here we go. The first is regarding a question or subject that I've wondered about when it's come up in different episodes. I'm going to skip part of what you said here, Agent Veggie Burger, uh, and, and get right to the big tent item. My first question, you say, is this. How do people get or become made to be disappeared by governments, organized crime, etc.? Parentheses, but the government one is what really interests me, and what circumstances tend to occur to lead to someone being disappeared? If a person is disappeared, is a body or remains ever found? Agent Veggie Burker, you suggested two other fantastic subjects, but for today's listener mail, uh, I thought it would be interesting to focus on this concept of forced disappearances. Agent Veggie Burger ends by signing off thanks and regards or lettuce and tomatoes, Agent Veggie Burger. But that's a very serious topic. What do you guys think about uh, forced disappearances in general? That's going to be for anybody Googling right now. That's going to be the topic that will get you the most salient results. Uh, I would just say the first category of this off the top of my head is a little more lighthearted. Well, maybe not for the person involved, but things like the witness protection program uh, or similar programs that could be instituted by government agencies and intelligence agencies where someone who's perhaps a witness or primary contact or source of information who is spirited away to a safe place and none of their contacts ever know where they are anymore. (laughs) That's it. They're they're Mm -hmm. gone. Um, and they're still alive somewhere because they're needed and vital, but they are no longer accessible by anyone previously in their life. Yeah. It's spooky stuff, right? That's it's, it's a real thing. I think they call it the witness security program now or something like that, but everybody who's not a U.S. marshal 
calls it witness protection. Uh, this is a real thing. You can, under certain circumstances, crack a deal that leads you to witness protection. Sometimes people who have committed crimes are in the witness protection program or security program, but they are highly incentivized to at least pretend to be playing the straight and narrow in their new identity. There's not a three strikes you go to jail kind of rule for people in the program. If you commit any crime, they can throw you out and uh, there's nothing stopping them from calling mafiosos like Matrick both hands or something, uh, Luciano. I'm just making up a name. I'm sorry, Matt. And then having, you know, and then saying, hey, guess what? You thought Dale Da Vinci was dead? No, he was living in Utah uh, as of 20 minutes ago. And we think he's heading to the airport. So do what you do best. Like that can, that can absolutely happen. I think it's something that gets used a lot in fiction, but you're right, Matt. It's very, it's very, very real and it's very valuable. I would also shout out Witless Protection. You should. The American cinematic masterpiece starring Larry the Cable Guy. It made almost $4.2 million. Not too shabby. Jenny McCarthy's in there. Um, I don't think that's a documentary. Forced disappearances or what's sometimes called enforced disappearances are sadly much more common than maybe we would like to think. Sometimes you think of these as something that occurred during the Cold War or something that occurs in authoritarian regimes, but then did the Cold War ever end? Authoritarian regimes are certainly around. Uh, we know probably, to your question, Agent Veggieburger, I would say the Dirty War in Argentina is, is a huge example of enforced disappearances. Uh, Stalin was literally erasing people from photographs. That's a very, very clear uh, example of forced disappearances. Uh, and then the ongoing persecution of the Uyghur communities in Western China. Those are definitely forced disappearances. People are finding human hair shaved from these people that is sent along, you know, as like weave and stuff like that. They're being forced to work in factories. This is very much happening as far as the nuts and bolts of how it works, uh, step one, start with an authoritarian regime, something that is not accountable to its own rules of law. I would say maybe there's this, maybe there's like, okay, helpful disappearances, like what you're talking about, Matt, with witness protection, witness security, maybe there's uh, forced disappearances by an oppressive regime or government. And then there are self-motivated disappearances. You could disappear yourself. And you can get away, especially in places like the U.S. Uh, you can commit pseudocide. That's a fancy word for faking your death. Uh, and you can you can get away for a long time. One of the biggest mistakes people make, though, is when they try to get that life insurance money. So if you're hearing this, you're living under a fake name. Uh, when you start over, you really start over at square one. Unless <laughs> you've got a bag of loose diamonds or something. I don't want to be like too alarmist here, but you guys, I'm sure, have been following what's been happening in Portland um, with a lot of these federal forces being deployed, U.S. Marshal Services and Border Patrol and all, all the like, and um, grabbing folks off the streets and, and shoving them into unmarked vans. And uh, there's reports that they're being detained and dragged into a courthouse without being told why they were being arrested or, you know, who the arresting authority was. And then, you know, being released without official record of, of, of any kind of detainment or whatever. And, you know, it's stuff like this that just kind of has that sort of police state kind of vibe. There's a, there's an interesting article in the guardian about it. And I don't know now that we have any reports of people being quote unquote disappeared, but isn't it a slippery slope like between that and just, you know, you never hearing from someone again. And it's happened in, you know, one of the, uh, I can't remember what show this was on, but one of the big misconceptions that's happening right now with the best of intentions regarding the situation in Portland is the idea that unidentified federal agencies or law enforcement groups putting people into unmarked vans and abducting them is new or unique to Portland. That happened earlier in San Diego with the San Diego PD. Uh, that's happened during the times of civil rights. And those people were forcibly, they weren't just forcibly disappeared. They were, you know, they were killed, sometimes tortured, right? Or offered the chance to turn 
and then uh, come back as a mole. But you're right. In fact, uh, as we record this, and by the time this publishes, we'll have some more clarity on this. Uh, the current administration's plan is to franchise this practice of detaining people in unmarked vans. Uh, often, these people who have been detained, at least in the Portland case, are saying that they were the, the people who come back are saying they were detained. They were may, maybe they were read the rights, but they were they, it was basically an intimidation show of power. And then they were released, but they were released without paperwork. And when you talk about the government, if it didn't happen on paper, it just didn't happen. Uh, shout out to uh, Ronald Hadley Stark, right? What's troubling about this is the idea of franchising this operation means that it could come to a town near you. Uh, Democratic opponents of the current administration are saying that this thing uh, the administration is calling Operation Legend is going to be focused on left-leaning cities. So think of like your Chicago's, for instance. Uh, And that what's interesting about that is if that is true, then that means that there is a move to use this power, whether or not it's legal, uh, there's a move to use this power to enforce a political aim rather than status quo. And that's that's where you get into the dangerous, slippery slope you describe, I think. Shout out to our attempt at defining fascism. And I think this is something that folks on both sides of, of any political divide in this country or otherwise could probably get behind. I don't think anybody particularly wants an authoritarian state or wants, you know, uh, removal of civil liberties. I think folks on the right are fans of uh, smaller government and less government control over our day to day lives. And this would very much represent a significant uh, escalation of that kind of control. Agreed. And to walk a little bit further down the path here, which maybe could be its own full episode in the future, there are real-life cases of how far this can go, a practice of government-supported forced disappearances, and they have long-lasting multi-generational consequences. Earlier, I mentioned the dirty war in Argentina. Uh, The military junta that was ruling Argentina from 1976 to about 1983 uh, they disappeared tons and tons of people, maybe as many as 30,000 people for one reason or another. And many of these people ended up going, you know, getting abducted by death squads, tortured and then murdered or detained in secret detention centers and interrogated and then tortured and murdered. But here's, here's a consequence people didn't think about. A lot of those folks, had children, one age or another. I don't want to be alarmist or sensationalistic, but this should be in the back of your mind when you hear about uh, illegal detainments starting in the U.S. or, excuse me, gaining mainstream attention in the U.S. In Argentina, when it escalated to the point of uh, massive disappearances and abductions, the children were taken and they were put up for adoption. That's the classy way to say it. What the military was doing at that time, and this is according to the Harvard Women's Law Journal, so hardly a tabloid, uh, they were stealing, they were specifically aiming for very young children, babies or infants, and they were stealing them. And then they were selling them after they had killed their parents. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a real conspiracy thing that happened. Oof. So silver lining time? <laughs> I don't know. Really, uh, yeah, this, 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 there's not much silver lining to this kind of conversation. Um, well, silver lining would be that we're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Although I will point out that ICE is losing children. That is also not a conspiracy theory. That is a fact. Uh, the big question, you know, it's it's creating a lot of conspiracy theories like the Wayfair stuff, which we haven't done a full episode on yet as we record this. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. Did we talk about it already previously, maybe? We did off air a bit. You had a Uh, really great tweet about it, Ben, that I thought was brilliant, uh, comparing it to uh, a Ouija board. Uh, Mm. Should I not bring that up? No, no, that's fine. I'm just, you're talking about where I point out that 
saying you're busting a child trafficking ring by Googling something is kind of like saying you've been able to speak with the dead because you have a mass marketed game uh, by by I said Parker Brothers, but I think it's I think it's Hasbro. So apologies mm. to everyone. No, including not a, you. No, I read that tweet. It sounds like we need some preemptive self defense, guys. What there to keep to keep from getting snatched? Yeah, we preemptively defended ourselves. It, it, these are really strong suggestions, and I think each of them can be its own episode. I, thank you so much, Red Rob, Agent Veggie Burger. And everyone else listening to this, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to know your take on each of these. We want to know what you think about the CIA and LSD. They're just very untrustworthy to work with. You know what I mean? Their track record's not good. Especially when they're on acid. Especially when they're all on acid. Totally unhinged. Yeah. uh, The rise of mobile or vehicular tracking. There's one great point. You made, Matt, in that earlier episode, which is that the figurative horse, or I guess the figurative horsepower, has already left the the stable, left the barn, because we're all being tracked already by smartphones. But to your point, Noel, this kind of tracking is much more... Uh, what, what's the word? Uh, sophisticated and and robust. I mean, it's just like a lot more ubiquitous, right? Like it's sophisticated and it's widespread, and it seems to skirt the law pretty efficiently so far. I mean, I say skirt the law. No, that's that's accurate. It, it's loophole city. You know what I mean? Um, that's what it feels loophole like to me. City. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, uh, thank you, Agent Veggie. Like we said that name enough. Now we can just. Shorten it. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'll give you the full moniker. Thank you, Agent Veggie Burger, for bringing up the concept of forced disappearances. It's one of those things that's surprising that we haven't covered this before. But before we tell you, fellow listeners, how to get in touch with us, how to take a page from Red Rob and Agent Veggie Burger's book, I have to ask, guys, what do you think? Do these feel like, does our mutual spider sense say that these could be standalone episodes? Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm I'm all about it. Let's take some LSD, track some cars, and, uh, you know, disappear. Into our minds, man. No, it's true. I think we're going to see a lot of that as we uh, scratch the surface with some of these little mini segments, I guess, on these. I think we're going to find a handful of not a, a, a badger bag full of uh, future deep dive topics, which is exciting. And hey, if you've got an idea that absolutely needs to be on the show that we need to look into right now, please find us. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter where we're conspiracy stuff. You can check out our Facebook discussion page. Here's where it gets crazy. You can jump on there with all the other conspiracy realists and talk about this and other topics, suggest topics, do whatever you want to do, post those memes. Uh, We'd love to see you over there. We've got some fantastic mods who will help you in. All you have to do is say who hosts this show. Hey, what are our names? Hmm, I don't know. Bonus points if you can name our new super producer. And I'm not going to say her name again right now, but bonus points for you or if you know her name. Double bonus points on my part if you spell my name correctly. Uh, it's N-O-E-L, not N-O-L-E, or K-N-O-L-L. Ah, yes. Yes, very much so. Honestly, just make me laugh. If I'm approving people and you give a chuckle, even a slightly louder than average exhalation of air through the nasal passages, I'll take that in these dark and trying and frankly uh, terrifying, troubling times. Puns are one of the new leading currencies in uh, this 2020. If you don't like the internet, totally get it. Uh, You can call us directly. We have a phone number. It's available Anytime that you are near a phone, I want you to hold a phone and look at it and be like, I could be talking right now to these guys. Because it's true. Just dial 1-833-STDWYTK. When you dial in here, uh, you're going to have about ballpark three minutes to share with your fellow listeners, uh, to share your story, your reaction, your feedback, your proposal for a new topic with us. Uh, One thing we're running into is I think having that three-minute clock ticking in your head can be a little daunting. I tried it myself once when I called in to to this show uh, from a different country, and that three minutes goes by quickly, so it might be helpful 
uh, to maybe take just a second and write down like two to three bullet points, just like, this is what I'm going to talk about. And then boom, 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 you're in and we can't wait to hear from you. It's like they say, brevity is the soul of wit. Yes, and if you are not interested in doing social media or calling us, you can always send us a good old-fashioned email just like Agent Vegetable Burger did, and we will check it out for sure, and it might end up on one of these episodes. So, if you do want to email us, you can find us. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.